0: another edition of Destrily Seeking Entertainment. I am one of your hosts this week, Chris Peterson. Join with me, as always, to my virtual left or right or center, Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir?
1: Center, straight, left, right, whatever. Straight through the internet, at your earpiece, talking about entertainment week. Chris, I am doing awesome this week. Chris, how are you doing this week, man? Doing well. It's
0: been a busy week. It's been a busy yeah, week. Yeah,
1: me too. Yeah, I've been busy, uh, but you know what? Entertainment never sleeps, so I'm just never yow, 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 like this Pac-Man.
0: I mean, it's one of those things where you have you have plans for this podcast and then like things happen and it completely upsends your plans and now I gotta talk about something else. So uh, yeah. It's been a crazy, crazy week But folks, if this is the first time you listen to this podcast What we like to do on this podcast is basically bring some interesting stories Factoids, things that we're watching, listening to, eating Whatever it may be in the world of entertainment And bring it to this podcast The kicker is I have no idea what Ben has for me this week And I, he has no idea what I've got for him uh, So everything you're hearing is spontaneous Genuine conversation, uh, nothing pre-planned whatsoever um, so it leads to some some interesting loopholes and some wormholes and whatever, whatever we're going to talk about. So Ben, let's get into it. Why don't you start us off?
1: All right. So uh, Chris, I mentioned before that I want to kind of go down a uh, different kind of wormhole this week. And uh, one of them is the NFL, buddy. Mm. So I want to talk about a couple of things. Um, so big story this week, Cam Newton testing positive for COVID. Yeah. They had to push the Patriots back to Monday night. We're recording on a Tuesday. They got their asses whooped with Brian Hoyer at the helm, (laughs) one of the alumni from the Cleveland Browns. And uh, it was not a pretty game. Uh, You know, I'm a Patriots fan, so I'm sitting there going like, so why didn't we just postpone this later in the season? (laughs) And like maybe fill in a bye week? You know what I mean? Because Patriots – well – I was thinking the the Patriots lose a day now, and it's just all messed up. You know, football is a weird sport because you need a lot of rest time. And, yeah, I just don't know how this is going to work. And I said the same thing about baseball, and here we are in the playoffs. So, I mean, I don't know, man. Chris, what are your thoughts on the whole COVID season going on thus far?
0: You know, it's funny is that it- – for the, like the first two weeks, it was going okay. Like we're like, oh wow, maybe they'll be able to pull this thing off. And then you hear that like seven players on the Titans test positive, and so they haven't played in like a week. And there's no guarantee that they're going to play this week either. Um, and now with the Patriots, that you know, I don't know if you saw the news today, but another Patriots player tested oh, positive. No.
1: I didn't Uh, know. I just pulled this out because I was just going to talk about football. Literally,
0: as I walked into the grocery store like two hours ago, I got a text saying that um, a player by the name of Bill Murray is his name, actually, which I thought was pretty interesting. Get out of here. Uh, Yeah. Practice. He's a practice squad member, but he did test positive. So that's now two players uh, on the Patriots. You know, it's one of those like this thing is going to either be, we're going to be okay. Like the NBA or it's going to go off the cliff like any second. now. <laughs> we're just going to yeah. be like, that's it. That's the season. Pack it up. We're done. Um, and for the life of me, I don't understand why we the NFL isn't creating bubbles for their teams and uh, why they're not basically like what the NBA did. Now I know that it's a lot of people, you know, you can't necessarily bring them all to one facility and lock them up for 16 weeks and
1: things like and they're tra- that. And they're traveling too. And right? they're traveling
0: but right. you know individually i mean you know if your if your team is in you know like for for instance the new england patriots put everybody in bubble like you know at home and then when you need to travel you travel in a secure method so to speak um yep. so we'll see but yeah it's one of those things that you know we we it's we're riding close to the edge and i hope we don't fall over cuz i'm Four and zero in fantasy, so I don't want
1: to lose that, that mojo. Uh, me too. Yeah, I brought this <laughs> up because yeah, I'm wailing. Thanos, the hands of fate, is going nuts this season. I'm four and 0, uh, and it's not even close. I'm just demolishing things, and so I'm just putting up Thanos gifts from the Avengers like the whole season, which you know my competitors love, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing, I'm I'm four, I'm three and one in uh, Chris. I want to get into this sports gambling. Mm-hmm. So. I've been doing uh, some three, three-legged 3 parlays on the spread. So I've been doing some favorites uh, spread betting. So this week, I have Tampa Bay at 5.5 over the Chicago Bears. They are awful. I have the Colts to beat the Browns at home against the Browns. That's just 2.5 to win. And then I have the Seattle Seahawks to beat the Vikings by 7. And that's a three three leg parlay for uh, five bucks. I went thirty four dollars. Nice. Yeah. And then I did some overs. So I took the over in the Tampa Bay Chicago game, took the over in the Raiders Chiefs game, and I took the over in the Chargers Saints game. And that was wow. a big payoff. That one's a, that one's a big one. So that was for a ten buck bet. That was sixty nine bucks. So nice. Um, so, are you addicted
0: now? Is that what you're saying? Like,
1: well, I like to kind of. <laughs> so are, I, are we pivoting
0: like, to a sports gambling podcast now?
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Uh, well, I've I'm three and oh, I mean, or I'm like I, I, the first week I didn't hit anything, but I'm I'm on a roll right now, and I'm feeling good. pretty good. I got the good nice. strategy going. I haven't really figured out the over unders yet because I just I always pick the wrong games on those, so that's mm-hmm. kind of a shot in the dark. But I just went all overs this time because it seems like a lot of high scoring games, except like a couple. Uh, last weekend, um, just no defense on the field. And then I went for the favorites. I love the parlaying the favorites because you know, probability will win. And, but, uh, this is what I want to talk about. The Colts have been my darlings. They've hit the spread a couple times and the bills are like four and zero with the spread. Nice. So they're like the darlings of the season. Uh, and you know, we're up in bills country up here. So they hate me because I'm a Patriots fan, but I kind of like rooting, you know, so I'll put money on them that I think they have a buy this week. That's why I couldn't do it. And uh, I like putting money on them so I can kind of at least root for, with the Bills fans. Chris, you guys you guys got the sports gambling down there?
0: Uh, no, not yet. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's legal in Jersey. So if I wanted to go to Atlantic City, I absolutely could do it there. But uh, in Connecticut, we do not have. Uh, legal sports gambling yet although we do have two casinos so it's like come on now um but i every time i'm in vegas like you know no no doubt i'll i'll definitely go i mean uh, a couple of high school buddies of mine used to have kind of a we did it i shouldn't say it's an annual trip because we only did it twice but we went out there for the first weekend of the nfl playoffs and nice we basically reserved like a table at caesar's palaces sports book and so you just sit at this table you can it can see up to like eight people, but there was only like three of us. And we would just order drinks and food all day, sit and watch football games and just bet on crazy, crazy things. And I don't even remember like I would lose on one thing, but then I'd hit on another. So I'd I'd like I'd lose 50 bucks, but then I'd win 13 and I'd get all hyped up about the 13. And like it was just <laughs> it was really weird. Um so since then I won't lie, I when I do bet, I'm a timid better. I typically very simple, I'll bet on like maybe one game, you know, over-unders, um, you know, betting the spread and things like that. But I don't I don't go crazy with parlays or things like that.
1: Yeah, I've, I've noticed that, like, doing the – so the favorite to meet the spread, it, of course it matters who you're picking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You always pick against awful teams and you do a three-leg parlay. It seems to pay off pretty good. And it's not, nothing crazy. So, like, five-buck bet, I'll win, like, 40 bucks, so 35 bucks. So it's pretty sweet. I don't know. It's working out so far. I'll keep reporting in how it goes. But – Hopefully the season keeps going because, yeah, I'm 4-0 in fantasy and I'm kicking butt in, like, gambling. So, I don't know. It's kind of yeah. awesome, Chris.
0: Actually, a friend of mine showed me once that you can do fantasy football gambling. So Like, like
1: FanDuel or something like that? What? No, no,
0: like not even FanDuel. Well, kind of like FanDuel, but, like, where um, you're playing technically with fake money. Um But like you're in a league, and everybody's picking against spread and things like that, and whoever is like the best person at the end of the season, um, you know gets gets this total pot amongst the group and things like that. So you know you're not betting, you're not losing. Yeah, so you're not necessarily losing money week to week on games. It's just it's literally like point standings and things like that. So yeah, it's so like
1: you have like. You have like five, like a hundred dollars a week on in fake money or something like mm-hmm. that, or, and then you just see how many points you get per week. Oh, that's exactly. cool. That's neat. And, you, and so
0: you're you're going exactly by the odds and all that stuff, and it pays out exactly how it would if you were actually betting real money. And whoever has the most money at the end of the the year wins.
1: Uh, oh, so, that's neat. That's yeah. I, I, I kind of like that. Yeah. So there's. What's no, that they're, through? They're is cool. that through a website or is that through? Yes. Like
0: a, uh, Yahoo. Or? Yahoo does it. Yahoo does it. It's called Pick of leagues. So yeah. Ooh something new for your friends there you
1: go all right all right Good. but yeah so nfl let's let's not screw this up
0: yes be responsible
1: be responsible yeah i I don't know i watch the games i don't know about you chris like i'm very confused like i mean i know they have like face shields in the helmets well some Some of them do yeah some of them do and then the coaches have to wear the mask but the players don't it's very i don't know know it's yeah it's weird it's weird, yeah. You know, the, because the problem that you have with
0: NFL games, other uh, you know, unlike NBA games where you can literally monitor like everybody who's there, you know, there's there's at least you know, we, we've talked about this. There's at least two hundred people on that field, and a lot of these guys oh, yeah. are part time employees of the NFL. Like they actually have other jobs they're doing during the week. I, I don't know if I ever told you this. I was on a flight once, and sitting next to me was a guy. Who told me that like he's a he's a computer software engineer, but on the weekends he's the guy that holds the iPad for the instant replays at Packers games. And I was like, holy shit, that's cool. He's like, yeah, I'm on TV every weekend. It's pretty cool, uh, holding the iPad for the referee to look at, at the the uh, thing. But he's not, you know, he's not a full time employee. So, I mean, you've got all these people that are basically coming in as a part time job. Who knows how careful they're being throughout the week? And so, you know, so I don't know. It's just get your get your act together nfl like you know be consistent with protocols uh, because it's this is too, you know i can't if nfl season goes baseball's almost over not that i was watching it anyway but like i, I don't know what i'm going to do with my life in terms
1: of i know nba's leaving and then baseball's leaving and then if nfl goes we're we're back to square one we're back to <laughs> we're back to watching like i mean listen i love b horror movies from the 80s but I've seen them all already. So I'm going to have to rewatch the collection of VHS in my basement.
0: <laughs> I mean, the other thing too, is like, you think about the NBA. So the NBA finals are going on right now. Um, and then typically like the NBA season starts at the end of October. So are they going to start back up in October or like, are they going to take a month off? I have no, no way. idea. They're,
1: they're definitely going to take they, I mean, those guys haven't seen really their families. They're definitely going to take some time off. That's true. That's yeah. true.
0: But I don't know. So just NFL, we need you. Uh just just stop being silly that's all that's all
1: but yeah between between the um the nfl besides the nfl we really have no new content Uh, i mean chris i don't want to segue on you but you know how like a couple weeks ago we were talking about shelvers mm -hmm. what you know stuff that has been sitting on the shelf like dust dusters we're gonna call them dusters Dusters. collecting dust and you know like a John Cusack Amazon Prime series, and I don't know, just random <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, I love the John Cusack, but he hasn't really been relevant in a couple of years. And we're, we're all scraping sudden, here. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, he's like the headliner of the show. And I'm like, someone greenlit a, a Cusack headline show. Okay, cool. And I just, <laughs> I get a sense that that's been sitting there for five years. Prime was like, ah, those cool tests of our new network. But Eh, it was okay. And then I was like, Oh shit, we need content. Boom. Let's just put it out as a new thing. I, 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 I'm got a feeling, Chris, have you seen more things like this?
0: Yes. Uh, I was watching, I think it was on Amazon and like a trailer came up for this new movie called like spontaneous, I think it's called. And it's like this teen romance comedy, but make it like it stars this person and this person. And I'm like, I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> and i looked up their imdbs and nothing on their imdb like warranted them getting this like billing in this chamber. and i was just like wow so we're we're really like so movies that were filmed amazon bought but like had no real like probably had intention of like saving them until these people became like names and then they released the movie
1: oh hedging hedging their bet kind of exactly
0: yeah. um and it just it wasn't happening, so they're like, we're running out of content, so we just better just put this thing out. Um, like
1: you're gonna like you're gonna put like a three five dollars on a three game parlay you know, <laughs> on the favorites, but then you'll put five bucks on the Cleveland Browns if they pull it off, and you're like, right. so that way I win my ten bucks back or <laughs> something.
0: Like I saw like like Amazon's big show right now. Amazon Prime is uh, one of their TV shows is you know Utopia. Which mm-hmm. stars Rain Wilson and things like that. And I haven't watched it yet. I've seen the trailer. But again, I'm looking at this, I'm like, this this is not this is like this if this was like network television, this is like a good like Monday night at nine show. Like no, it's not right. you're not gonna get the Prime slot. It's it's you know, it's we're putting you in the prove yourself slot and yet it's getting the top billing for Amazon because they've got really nothing else going on, which is what I'm gonna actually that'll segue into my First topic later on but like it's 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 weird but yeah
1: yeah i get a sense you know it's like all those you know like when you watch the movie swingers and Mm -hmm. uh they're talking about how many pilots they're on and then they just they have to keep calling their parents and saying it didn't get picked up and stuff (laughs) i get a set we're gonna actually get like a ron livingston and a john favreau pilot from like 1990 and it'd be like fucking ron livingston pre he looks fabulous how old's ron livingston holy shit look at him he looks like he's 20 years old. And then it's going to be like, oh, yeah, well, we took the pilot from 1991 and we're using it as a flashback or some. I swear to God, that's where we're going. We're going to be like, oh, we had like, I don't know, Boston Common. Boston Commons, we 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 filmed a uh, season that we didn't air. So we're <laughs> going to air that on Amazon, but use it as flashbacks and get the cast to. Uh, it's, I swear I could just come up with some G- evil mad side. It's like Dr. Evil. Doctor Evil programming network TV.
0: <laughs> I would I would love that. Like if if Netflix or if like HBO said, you know, what, we're just gonna like buy up all these like never produced pilot episodes of shows. Because um, I can't remember the actress. It, it might have been Amanda Peet. I can't remember. But someone was giving an interview and they were talking about like how many like just like in *Swimming*, like how many pilots they did that never got picked up, and um, yeah. like you know, I, and I would just be like, man. Those things are never, you know, they're they never air, so you never really get to see them. Um, I would love to see some of those, just to see how bad or how good.
1: Yeah, I love the the image of Doctor Evil at the helm and be like, "Let's air Joni Loves Chachi '90s Edition." Never came out, and then he's just he's like, "Show it now," and then just like, and it's like the new hit show of the season on CBS and like scott Bales, twenty-four. 24s so i I, it's, I could see it chris i could see it. this is where we're heading so nfl uh, so just sum up everything nfl just hold on okay mm-hmm. just, hold
0: on. just hold on um so we mentioned amazon prime um and we talked about their kind of their b slot but right now the the show that's got their a slot uh is the boys uh season two of the right. boys is in full swing actually it's it's Towards the, the back nine, I think, I think there's only like two episodes left of the, first, the second season. Um, ben, have you been have you been watching the boys season two?
1: Not season two. No, I have not. Okay.
0: I won't lie. It's, uh, it's, it's good. it's very good. Mm-hmm. It's very dark. Um, the problem I have with the boys, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like for 2020, given how shitty this year has been, I need some escapism in my life. I need to be for an hour or 45 minutes to be taken away from reality of how bad we're living in the times we're living in. And the problem with the boys is they're basically doing what's happening like now in this country and spinning it, you know, for their series, so to speak. So you're watching behaviors and characters that are very much like the alt-right movement and, and, you know, very present day themes and things like that. And I have to be honest, it's made watching the show a little less uh, enjoyable for me. I mean, season one was basically kind of an interesting social commentary on our obsession with superhero culture and movies and entertainment and things like that, which I thought was fine. Season two is dipped into the whole, like, you know, um, very politically motivated, very looking at kind of the false idols and how we, you know, lift up these superheroes and make them our leaders and believe everything they say and fake news and all that stuff. And I'm like, I get enough of this darkness throughout the day that I'm like, I don't know if it's, if I enjoy watching shows that delve into this, Ben, what do you think about that kind of plot line? I guess you could say for, for a show like that.
1: Well, you know, you can actually look back through time and like history in the decades of movies and film where you can kind of see why we needed more escapism in the time that we are living in, you know, I mean, if you look at a lot of like, I mean, for example, you had the decline of New York city, you know, Mm -hmm. becoming like a, (laughs) you know, like a shithole in like the early seventies to mid seventies. And all these gritty kind of directors came out and, you know, Martin Scorsese and just that whole bunch of like, you know, taxi driver movies. And I think people at a certain extent get overwhelmed by it. It's too much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and that bled into like Scarface and De Palma and, and all of a sudden there was the 80s and we had every, you know, team rom-com and like three Superman sequels, the fourth being the the fat most fabulous thing of all time. And it's just, you know, bigger, but, you know, Jaws 3D and you just got these giant huge escapism movies. So maybe that's where we're leading to. And I don't know, but we've. We were kind of already there in the past couple of years because we had, you know, Avengers and we had these escapism things that were almost just right down the line, almost not making a lot of commentary. I mean, Black Panther had quite quite a bit of commentary, but for the most part, the Avengers were kind of commentary free, social commentary free. So maybe this is a backlash because, I mean, to me, maybe the reason why I'm holding off Boys season two is because I saw the Watchmen already and I kind of got my dose of that. That was I mean, when they made that show, The Watchmen, I don't think they realized how bad things were going to get. I mean, <laughs> they probably wrote that in response to the Tiki Torch dudes down in Charlottesville, and um, I don't think they realized how bad the future. If they would, they would have had like everyone die on that show. No one would have survived. <laughs> they would have just killed everyone on the earth. So I, I don't know. I, I I got I got what you're saying, Chris. I, I so. So what's your answer? So what are you saying that we need more light content? What are you What are you What are you saying? I just,
0: uh, I mean, I I'm sure. I mean, all these shows were filmed out. You know, I think before obviously 2020 went to shit. But um, I think for shows coming into 2021, so to speak, that are filming right now, go easy on us. Yeah, give us give us a break, or you know, give us you know, let 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 your programming be our, our breath of fresh air. And I think the problem that we've had is a lot of the stuff that we were looking towards that, whether it's the James Bond movie, whether it's MCU movies, they've all been pushed back till God knows when. So what we're stuck with, with is very present day material. So it's just one of those things where it's like, I think, you know, just we're, we're at that point where I just need that escape. I don't need to be kept, you know, keep being reminded that, you know, there's just just there's terrible people in this country things like that um give me give me some escapism that's all i'm saying so anyway gotcha
1: gotcha yeah
0: what else else you got sir
1: all right well great segue speaking of escapism and there not being any new content as far as my eyes see i see a lot of forced content on there some dr evil stuff in there uh but uh, (laughs) what i've been getting into is video games chris let's have a little video game discussion so um couple a couple big ones i want to break off so tony hawk one and two hd came out a remaster of tony hawk one and two with the levels and everything got it with the boy we're going through all the levels now of course i had tony hawk 2 on the raspberry pi the ps1 rom and so we already knew that game i knew it quite well chris i know you knew it from college Mm -hmm. and so here we are 20 years later playing the same exact game (laughs) that we played with our roommates in college um and let me tell you this game translates like awesome the graphics are off the chain the gameplay is kind of sped up a little you don't have to do every single challenge that back through with every character you just have to get their stat points so it's actually quite achievable to go through the whole game with every character that's really neat they have all the original characters Um, plus some younger people in the game that are more diverse. Uh, There's a guy from or there's a woman from Japan and stuff. They're just all over the globe. It's really cool. Um, And my six-year-old loves it. And so we're burning through that one. Um, So high recommendation even if you've played the first games. Now the mode that is the most fun for me, for like a giant nerd that played these games like a billion times 20 years ago, is there's this third mode and it's kind of a speed run mode and So you have to go through a level, complete all the tasks in one run as fast as you can. Mm. So when I did Mullet Falls, the Hanger, I was able to complete all the tasks in 81 seconds. Oh, nice. And so now you're going to try to beat your personal time and you go up on the world leaderboards. Really neat. So all, you know, I love and I've talked about speed running on here on YouTube and stuff. And one of my YouTubing is speed running on here um, on this podcast. But I just thought it was an awesome addition to the series. Uh, Chris, have you heard about the reboot of Tony Hawk?
0: I have, I've seen, I've seen a couple of videos uh, online of, of, people reacting to playing it and stuff. like that. It seems like it's just getting really, really good uh, reviews. Like people just seem to, to, to be digging it, which I think is awesome. I, I remember, you know, obviously playing that game religiously. My, my roommate, my freshman year in college uh, was a huge skater. So that's all he played. Um, so I, I got used to that game very, very quickly. Um, But yeah, dug it. um, And as soon as I get a new game system, uh, it is going to be high on my list.
1: Nice. Yeah, I I recommend that one. Um, I'm going to give a medium recommendation to, I I bought a game called Port Royal Mm 4. So um, Chris, are you familiar with like Sid Meier's Pirates, an older game where you're in the Caribbean? I mean, this was an old game for, like, Tendo, and I think it was on the PC or Apple a really long time ago, like 90s. And the gist of the game was you're ahead of, like, a ship. You're kind of like a a pirate ship at first, but then you can make confidants or confidences with, you know, the Spanish, the Dutch, the English, or the French. And you can kind of navigate the islands. You can go to war with certain things. You can build up your resources, and you can become a pirate and start. You know, or you can become a pirate for different countries. So England might pay you and say, "Hey, um, why don't you take down all the Dutch ships that you run into, and we'll pay you like five hundred gold pieces." And so you can mm. kind of like mess with like some things. It was one of my favorite games. Um, this one, I've played the. Now let's see here. I've played the career mode as Spanish, and it's very hard. Now maybe, and I hate to say this, they made it made it a little too hard. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of in and outs. I mean, there is a four, there's a four piece, an hour each, four hour series on YouTube how to play the game. Oh, wow. And it's about trading. It's about building resources, It's about m- navigating trade routes. I mean, I have tons of money, but now there's this English douche that's stealing all my stuff in my Spanish town. <laughs> and he like came in. he's like, "Hey, why don't you have some better food next time? And then it'll be like this guy raided your town. I'm like, what the fuck? And like, and then all my stuff is gone. And I'm like, scumbag. And so, but I don't have sixty cannons yet, or I don't have, I don't have enough, um, I don't have enough uh, reserves to build like a warship to go after this guy. So until that happens, you can still, bar- I don't know. So I've kind of hit a wall with that game. I might have to mm-hmm. reset and and do it all again, which is kind of a bummer. It, it's a fun game, but definitely not for a beginner. This game is. Very technically advanced. Just kind of like I don't know. I don't know, Chris. You ever you ever bought a game like that and you kind of petered out like midway through, kinda?
0: Yeah. Um not 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 Call of Duty, but the other one. Um Black um, Ops? No, uh Battlegrounds. The Battleground game.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: kind of like the distant cousin of the Call of Duty series. Yeah, I didn't I don't think I ever finished those games. Um
1: oh Battlefront?
0: battlefronts thank battlefront. you
1: Front. That's battlefront
0: that's it yep. um, yeah i played
1: that battlefront one the world war one I, I i got halfway through and i was like eh. yeah i was like
0: all right um uh, i used to do that a lot with like eight bit nintendo games like i would get like like the first ninja turtles game forget it uh oh. <laughs>
1: like, forget it. you know i used to be able to do that that whole underwater vine electric vine thing i used to be able to do that like one shot no no dying
0: i think i got that i think yeah. i got to that level once uh um, like the very first Ghostbusters hey. game, even at like seven years old, I'm like, screw this, I, I can't, I, I forget
1: kids, this game. Kids would invite me over to beat that level, <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd dismiss me.
0: <laughs> Back to the Future game, that's a terrible one too. Oh yeah, um, terrible.
1: Yeah. Terrible. So, I, I, Ghostbusters I, game. You ever play the Ghostbusters game? The
0: very first one, yes. Oh. Awful. awful. I, I, at like eight years old, I remember playing this thing and be like, what is this? Like, what? I love this movie. This is not a game. And then, thankfully, years later, uh, we actually finally got a really good Ghostbusters game for Xbox 360. But um, you know, but still, yeah, awful, awful, awful.
1: Good stuff. All right. Man. So those, so those are my two. Those are my two reviews. I got a third review, Chris. So okay. I've been playing a lot of video games. Fortnite. So I, I announced that I was playing some Fortnite on here. And uh, have you seen the recent update on Fortnite, Chris?
0: Oh, I, you know, I, I. That's a game. I, I haven't not been able to get into.
1: Okay. So totally free to play. All you have to need all you need is the space on your Xbox. So if you have like a terabyte or something, you just download it. So they just broke out the Marvel Cinematic Universe Ooh. on Fortnite. So for about a month we've been in there and they had Thor in there and they had Groot in there. I just got killed by Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> and so these are users that bought skit like outfits. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. they're they're in skins. They're now they just broke out Wolverine. And to get Wolverine, you need to kill him in the game. And mm-hmm. let me let me tell you, I got taken out by him pretty quick. Oh. Um so I love this game because it's a basic shooter, right? Um first-person shooter or third-person mm-hmm. shooter, sorry. And you, you know, gather resources, you can do like little objectives and stuff. You can buy the battle pass which is about like 10 bucks and that With that battle pass, you can unlock characters, and then you own the characters forever. It's kind of neat. So that's how they get their your money. There's Mm -hmm. downloadable content that way. But let me tell you about the reason why Fortnite is a great game, Chris. So, and you've experienced this too with Call of Duties and World at War and all those games. From uh, you ever go to like back like on on a PS2 like back in the day or Xbox 360, and you go to play an old game and online and it's broken. People have hacked it. And they're shooting like 15 rounds in a tank or they're exploding and jumping like 50 feet in the air and like all this wacky stuff's going on. Fortnite is a live game that constantly updates, constantly has money running through it. So they're constantly, you know, watching that. So no one's hacking. And also the map changes every single time you play. So Hmm. there really isn't a campy spot. And that's the best part of it. And every month or so, they, they they complete a season, and the map totally rearranges. No, oh, okay. And, and so that's my favorite part of the game. And sometimes people are in there, and they're trying to just do objectives. Sometimes they're trying to actually win. Um, I actually won. I actually had first place a couple times today, you know, just bragging. Out of 100, <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Um, nice. And so it's really cool. And the, actually, the Marvel stuff, I don't know how much they paid to get Marvel licensing on this game but it's paying off because i my interest is boosted again so that is a high recommendation that's free to play so just download it and play and have some fun totally awesome there's a creative mode if you have young kids and they can just run around and build houses and stuff totally cool and uh, yeah so chris if we're not getting more content from media i say play video games so yeah
0: yeah here here i love it I love it. Good stuff, man. All right, so for my number two this week, Ben, uh, I'm sure you're familiar. Do you remember the guy, Oscar Pistorius, the Blade Runner from the Olympics? The guy who had no – he was like a double-lamp. Yeah. Yep. Who ended up killing his girlfriend. Um,
1: yeah, shot her through the bathroom door. Bathroom
0: door, exactly. Yeah. So that whole court case and drama and things like that. Uh, well, ESPN has done it again with their 30 for 30 documentaries because they just released uh, the life – the, the Rise and Fall of Oscar Pistorius, which is a, uh, I think it's a four or five part documentary on Ooh. his whole life and like basically this court case. And I don't know if it's the same guys who did the OJ one, uh, but it is just as good. Uh, it, it is, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you, you know, could, can you, can they really make this compelling to last uh, five episodes? And they do. Um, because they, they really kind of piece together the crime itself. They concentrate obviously on his whole life and, you know, his run in the Olympics, uh, as well as his, his um his girlfriend Riva Stumpkamp, who sadly died. Uh but the way they put it together, it definitely, you know, watches like a true crime type of series. It's fascinating. Um, you know, because it we're here in America and not in South Africa, you know, we obviously you know, don't know how big this was in South Africa, but it, it basically was their OJ Simpson trial.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, it was, I mean it was pretty close to being a worldwide OJ trial. I mean, this is a shocking case.
0: (laughs) And honest to God, like at the end of the, I don't want to spoil anything, but at the end of the documentary, I'm not going to say how they do this. You start wondering things. You're like, oh, wait a second. That's a good point. And you know, if, if, if you were convinced that he was guilty then you might be swayed by this documentary if you are convinced that he's innocent 100 percent, you might be swayed by this documentary because it definitely presents data and facts and things like that that you're like that's interesting um so definitely no i high, high recommend
1: oh, i'm in
0: yeah. yeah that's great it's long i mean phenomenal. It, each episode is about an hour and a half so it is long but it's it's worth it so pace yourself Uh, but it's, it's, it's awesome. So yeah, rise and fall again. I mean, if you, if Ben, if you said to me, ESPN's got a multi-part documentary about subject X, I don't care what it is. I'm in, they've done it with this. They did it with Michael Jordan. They did it with OJ Simpson. Uh, they did it with Lance Armstrong. Uh, apparently I haven't seen that one yet, but I heard that's very good. That was
1: okay. That was good. Yeah, that
0: was
1: good. Um, so I mean, they don't do the long, as long as they don't repeat that long gone summer thing.
0: Yeah, that was, that was, does bad <laughs> but um <laughs> they did it with the U, the Miami football team, a couple years ago with Thirty for Thirty. So again,
1: Lucky Luke, baby, Lucky <laughs> Luke.
0: <laughs> give me, give me ESPN documentary series all day, every day. That's all I got to say.
1: I think, I think all, no matter what the content, no matter what the sport, no matter what the team, I think every Thirty for Thirty should start with an interview with Luke Skywalker of Two Live Crew. <laughs> 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 just him sitting at the Scarface booth at a strip club just talking about how yeah, I raised these kids. They're like my own. Like I just <laughs> I can't. That's like the most outrageous thing of all time. But
0: you're in. Like you see that? You're like, all right. Oh, me, I'm all
1: in. I'm here for the ride. Let's go.
0: You. So there you go. Anyway, uh, that's all I had on that. Ben, what else you got for for your number three this week, my friend?
1: All right, number three. Um, so let me read this headline. I'm I'm sure that you're quite aware of this, and this might be your number three as well. This is off comicbook.com. I'll just read this headline. Saturday Night Live season 46 premiere is the most watched season premiere in four years. Wow. So speaking of not a lot of content out, we just have these awful debates to watch. (laughs) And we have not needed a show like Saturday Night Live as much as we need it this year. And I felt with the opening sketch, the host and the musical guests, I think they nailed it as far as c- casting, as far as content, you know, not every sketch was a winner. There were some misses and we'll talk about the misses and stuff, but the hits were hittable enough that I was like, okay, that was really good. And I think I'm going to call, call it. Cause next week we have bill Burr, I believe, um, and I think we're they're trying to do something different, Chris. What were your thoughts on the premiere?
0: I you know I I remember as we were watching it, I didn't watch it live. I watched it the next morning, but I, I sat down. Yep. With my wife and I said, the stakes have never been higher uh, because you know, even though we, you know it's not like SNL has been gone for a long time. I mean, they've been broadcasting through COVID, but right. I said, you know, over the summer during their break. They, they've basically been set up um, so well in terms of, of having content and, and being ready to go. Um, the fact that they're returning to the studio, I thought was a good thing as well. Uh, and it, and you just said it. it they, I, I don't think we've needed SNL as much as we ever have as much as we do now. And we need it to be good. That's the other thing. And um, I understand it's a lot of pressure. And you you know, not every skit is gonna deliver, not you know, certainly none of them. I don't you know, I think I counted on one hand, you know, how many times I really, really laughed out loud, but it right. was good it was good seeing Jim Carrey again. It was good seeing yeah. Maya Rudolph. Um, I, I think that's got a lot of potential uh going forward. So we'll see. I like I the hope idea. It does. I like <laughs> the idea. No, 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 no. I hope
1: they become a fixture.
0: I hope it becomes a fixture. Um I like the idea of them doing back to back stand up comedians, and I do hope that they they're very smart with the way that they uh, do hosts this year because you know all with all these movies getting pushed back, no one's no one's have to has to like uh, promote anything. So you don't need like Daniel Craig to be on next week to promote a James Bond movie that doesn't come right. out. From the Good, thing, call. You
1: know? Good call. So we should let these comedians riff. I like, lo- I like that call. Yeah. Totally. Know, bring
0: a comedian on. They don't, I mean, here's the other thing too. And, and this is actually a callback to really like the first couple seasons with like George Carlin and and where you literally have the host come on, do, do like five minutes, give me a strong five minute set and then just let the cast do the skits. Like you don't need the host to be in right. you know the skits anymore. Um, so if you get a guy like Bill Burr and you, if you said to me, okay, SNL, the way we're going to kick things off is Bill Burr is going to do a tight 10 minute set. I'm in, give me 10 minutes of Bill Burr just going off. And then the rest I of the say show,
1: 30. I, yeah, say, you you know, 30. I say like, you know, cause like in the, in back in the day, if you're talking about Carlin and Richard Pryor and stuff, they yeah. would go on for a long time. They wouldn't cut. I mean, they would let them go. And then, Richard Pryor, of course, was in probably some of the most memorable sketches of the night. But you're right. It would be Gilda Radner and Bill Murray and Chevy Chase. And it would be them leading the way. And I, I just think I got the sense that there were a lot more cast members this time around. That's That was refreshing. It wasn't. And I, I talked about this a couple for the past couple of years was like every sketch was just a lead up to a cameo. And then you'd be like, oh, there's. Robert there's De Niro, there, oh yeah. there's Paul Rudd. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's the Avengers. Or, like it'd be like uh, that's not funny. Like now I'm sitting here at home just watching uh audience clap for five minutes and give a standing ovation. It's like, okay, like let's get to the laughs, you know, give them something to do. And a lot of the times mm-hmm. they wouldn't give these people a lot to do because let's let's face it. I mean, the Avengers are the Avengers because they're badass. They're and they're sometimes funny. They're not all Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> so right. Not all of them are improv masters, and so it's like, okay, like Chris Helms, Hemsworth might be the most beautiful looking man, but he's not the funniest looking man, you know, or funniest man. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know. It, it gave me hope. This, and then with Bill Burr on the slate, I'm with you, Chris. Let these guys riff. Let them go.
0: Yeah, just give yeah. give Bill Burr. And a 30- also,
1: yeah. Also, here, all right. You know, and the Chris Rock stand up was okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was probably. I want to talk about one sketch of Chris rocks, but one thing that really bugs me is all right. It's 2020. Okay. (laughs) I remember when I was a kid in 1991 and 92 and living color was on. Mm. And you know, two men, (laughs) two men on men on film would come out and Damon Wayne said the word bitch. And I was like, holy shit. They just said bitch on Fox at 8 PM on a Sunday. Right. Haven't we got to a point where we can just let Chris Rock fly at eleven thirty at night on network television that no one's watching? Everyone's gonna watch it on YouTube. You know, you can put some bleeps in tomorrow, but if you stay up till eleven thirty to watch this thing, let him fly. Throw in some MFs and some pussy <laughs> jokes and stuff. Like I don't understand why we are still playing this game with the network television. I, right. I don't. Do you really think sponsors care that much? I mean, you listen to the Bill Bill Burr podcast or the Joe Rogan podcast. they they got crazy sponsors. Crazy sponsors. And not just like, you know, squatty potty sponsors. We're talking about real sponsors Mm -hmm. where it's like they don't give a shit that these guys are swearing every other second. I I don't know. Chris, am I wrong on that one?
0: (laughs) No. No. I mean, and what's funny is like if you remember like what followed SNL was like live at the Apollo and so you'd get right. like some of the best stand-up ever uh and you know very rarely did they bleep i mean they weren't saying mf but like they were definitely using big shout of-
1: out big yeah. shout out uh if we're talking about the apollo big shout out to the white guy in the front row can we yes. Can we just can i just do a shout out there's always the one white
0: guy <laughs> the one white guy who understands every joke by the way like, <laughs> when they're talking
1: oh, about black,
0: yeah. people, he gets it <laughs> but, <laughs>
1: Uh, well, they they would just plant them there so the guys could just wail on them. All I way. can't
0: remember. Speaking of the, speaking of the white guy, by the way, because you brought us something I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was Damon Wayans uh, or Keenan Ivory or, or it wasn't. It wasn't Chris Rock or any of those. But anytime every special that they had, and there was a white guy, whoever this comic was, they would dub over the white guy's laugh with the most white guy sounding laugh imaginable. <laughs> so like they'd sweep over the audience. And hold on. I lost my microphone. Hold on. They would sweep over the audience and you just hear this white guy going, ha, 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 ha. And it obviously was not his laugh, but the fact that he's the one guy at like deaf comedy jam, uh, they're going to just oh. rip on him. So if you, yeah, it's probably on YouTube, but yeah, just look up like deaf comedy jam. It might've been Chappelle, early Chappelle. Who knows? It's phenomenal. I,
1: I think it's well. You got you got Martin Lawrence on there. Martin Lawrence, yeah. You got Bernie Mac on there. You got it could be any one of those. It might, guys. Have, been, it
0: might have been Cedric the Entertainer. I don't know. Oh, I just yeah, I remember just... seeing some special, and every time they showed the white guy, he'd always have that laugh, and it was yeah. It w- clearly was not. It was clearly dubbed,
1: but it was. And awesome. they would just they would just break off. Oh, man, those were the days. And they just break oh, off man. a Pee Wee Herman joke, and then everyone would just point at him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
1: love it. But yeah, I mean, so, here's all big, what I
0: mean? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, let him go. If, mm-hmm. if we're gonna have Bill Burr on, I want to hear him bitch about his home life and making sweet potato pies at Thanksgiving for his wife's family and stuff. I want to have him. I want the Bill Burr. I don't want, oh, all right, that was Bill Burr for network television. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like Chris Rock's, um, what was the name of his sketch sketch uh, special like a year ago? Tambourine. Freaking, oh yeah. That was a great comedy special. That was hilarious. Like the bit about him going to the resort in Jamaica, probably one of the funniest. I was laughing so hard. Like I had to like get a paper bag to breathe into. That was just so funny. It's so messed up, but you know, Bill Burr, same thing. Like, I mean, I've watched so many people reacting to Bill Burr sketches or like setups on YouTube. The guy's a genius. Just let him fly. And if he swears once or twice, Who pay the fine or or whatever, and just give sponsors a heads up to I I don't know Chris haven't we worked this out yet I don't know so one of the so speaking of censorship okay I don't know how far you got I'm gonna I'm gonna so I got through the musical guest which was fabulous because I got to see Savage live and so now I know the real version not just the Richard Cheese version (laughs) Um, so um, the so it was the NBA bubble draft. Did you oh, see yes.
0: That yep, I just see that.
1: <laughs> now, the concept was really good.
0: Yeah.
1: I feel like there was a funnier sketch there that was kind of censored. Right. Like the setup is really good that, you know, let's get some loose women into the NBA bubble for these guys. Right. I get mm-hmm. the setup. I get it. Right. And I just feel like. They didn't go all in on it, <laughs> you know. What What are your thoughts on that sketch?
0: <laughs> that's actually, I think, a really, really good take. Um, I, I think that, and I think, I think you're right. I think that the problem is like, I think these skits start out as one thing, and then throughout the week, uh, they're rewritten. Um, but yeah, great premise. Like it looked
1: like it, it sounded like a Chris Rock sketch. Yes, it really sounded like a setup. For a joke for him, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like we gotta get some hoes in the bubble or something like that. I could see him saying that during a sketch, like a a comedy stand-up like special, and that'd be a funny bit. But I just feel like
0: I felt like you know, here's what I felt like the the skit time traveled. Like it started in 1992 where you could really say what you wanted to, and then as the skit went along, they're like, "Oh shit, wait, we're in 2020, we can't say that." So you saw you saw premise and. Beginnings and then like yeah, and I think that's a that's a lot. I think that's a lot of what SNL does nowadays. Right, it's like you get these great premises, and then you hear like interviews on Howard Stern with former cast members where they're like, "Yeah, I once pitched this skit where the premise was this, this, and this," and it sounds freaking hilarious. And you're wondering like, why yeah. didn't they ever do that? And you're like, oh yeah, because it's 2019 and everything sucks.
1: So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good example of that. Who is the one? Who was the one? Who's the uh, who was the who was the one? Was it Knoxville that was on and he wanted to be the piss detective? And he yes. would just drink piss. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> solve a crime, you'd oh. walk up to the crime scene and he would just say, Better drink his piss, and then you'd figure out he'd solve the crime. <laughs> Sounds freaking hilarious, dude. It just <laughs> Anyway, I don't know. I just thought I just hope, I'm hopeful, but you know what? Overall positive review of, this, of the of the episode, and I'm hopeful for the season. That's all. I'm going to put that out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Good stuff. Uh, dude, for my last one, which actually segues nicely into, uh, let's go YouTube. And, um is news that broke today. Again, I had a whole thing planned, and news broke, and it's completely upended my, my day. But sadly, to say, as if this year could not get anywhere worse, uh, we lost Eddie Van Halen literally today. Uh, being literally
1: out. before we went on air. I know
0: it's awful. And um, I mean, I knew that he had been sick. I knew that he had not been doing well. I did, had no idea that he was, you know, on, on death's door over the past week. Uh, but that apparently was the case. And uh, just very sad. Um, and, you know, his death was like, oh shit. Eddie Van Halen. I mean, it just, it was a reminder of how much I love that band. Uh, and I love that, that their, their signature sound. I mean, no band, in history sounds like Van Halen, period. From the drums to Eddie playing guitar, um, nobody sounds like that. And, you know, I I was a huge fan. I I discovered the band during the the Sammy Hagar years and then went back and was like, who's this guy, David Lee Roth? And then I listened to all that stuff and I was like, holy shit, this is rock and roll. Uh, When I was in a brief time, when I was going through my drummer phase where I was like, I'm going to be a drummer, uh, I wanted my set to
1: sign. I I I didn't know that. Oh what? yeah! Uh, wait, wait. Let's break this down. Wait. Break this down. So, do we have a drum set? I did. Oh,
0: all right. And I did. I did the. Whole, <laughs> you're gonna love this. So, so I was actually inspired to be a drummer by Dave Grohl. I, I remember seeing the video. Uh, I can't remember which video it was for Nirvana. It wasn't. Smells like blue. It might have been. In, it was the one where they they there was like on Ed Sullivan. It was like that. I think it's in Bloom Yeah, actually. in blue.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the black and white. Yeah. And oh, I watching people oh,
0: play drums, I was like, that looks fucking cool and i was like i want to be a drummer and i remember telling my parents i was like I, I think i really want to get into drums and my dad god bless him was like well we have to do it the proper way and so he went out and got me he's like i'm gonna get you a drum pad and i'm thinking in my head like cool like an electric drum pad where i hit like pads and it sounds like it's an actual hmm. drum no it's a it's a practice like canvas drum pad that you you practice yeah. like beats on and things and i'm looking at this thing i'm like it's a single thing, it's not even like a, a set of these, it's, it's a single pad. I'm like, what My is this? Jeff,
1: who is a drummer in, in, in middle school and high school, he would play that like all through the day. He would sit in the back of the classroom, teachers would let him play that all through the day.
0: And, I, and I, I'm awesome, and I was like, that's that's the probably the, the right way to learn. But I'm like, no, I want a set, give me a drum set, and just let me bang it out. <laughs> um, so literally, so that was Christmas. My following birthday, which was in June, I got my first drum set, and it was like a five-piece drum set. And the cymbals were Sabian, I think it was, beautiful set. Yeah. Right. Um, and I just went to town on this thing. So literally, from my sophomore to senior year of high school, I was all about the drums, just just playing. Literally, I'd have a set of headphones on my head, and I'd play along to to literally Van Halen. I would play along to Nirvana. I play along to Pearl Jam. Um, all these bands that I, I absolutely adored, um, and 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 really like, literally the the sound I wanted my drums to make was Alex Van Halen. Like I wanted that sound, not in my head knowing that that's studio created. So I was thinking like,
1: yes. oh, if I just not for like, teacher baby,
0: yeah, I was like I was thinking to myself if I, I just uh, rearrange the this there, if I lift this, it'll sound just like out. Uh, no, no, that's not how it works. So, um, but I, I adored Van Halen. I I. Yeah, you know, I said this on my on a post I put on social media. It's like very few times we have seen you and I in our lifetimes people that revolutionized a musical inter- instrument. I, all that, you know, piano, violin, a lot of that was done before our time, before our generation, but we got to see Eddie Van Halen completely reinvent the electric guitar. And uh, it is just it's very sad so I spent literally the past hour before we got on air just burning through YouTube videos of just watching him do solos. I completely forgot he did the the uh, riff on Michael Jackson's Beat It, so I was watching that. Cool yep. trivia note, he actually did that for free because he didn't believe that Michael Jackson wanted to work with him. So he actually kept hanging up the phone on Quincy Jones when he would call be like, he'd be like, this isn't Quincy Jones, and he'd hang up thinking it was a joke. <laughs> um, but he ended up doing that for free, which I thought was amazing. So yeah, folks, if you just love musicianship uh even if you're not a big rock and roll guy i mean just get on youtube and just watch how eddie van Halen played this guitar uh it is artistry at its very finest ben i just wanted your thoughts on the greatness of van Halen.
1: your your, your takes are a thousand percent right you know what i mean the, someone that revolutionized how to play an instrument in our lifetime is crazy you know when instruments have been around since forever you know what i mean and the guitar has been around since i don't know like if you count like mandolins and stuff like the 1400s <laughs> right. or whatever the hell it is so i, I yeah, i'm not a music major, so i don't know this stuff but it's got to be like a thousand years old like you know sitars and all these things like ukulele like it, there's there's a stringed instrument somewhere and like if you go to asia it's gotta be two thousand years old anyway um yes you're all correct but and his legacy over the 80s and the 90s, and what the way music sounded and sounds to today to an extent, correct. But there's another legacy of him, okay? Mm-hmm. Wasted, wasted a waste of talent, yeah. And I talk about just not about him, not God forbid, geez, he is a talented person, but all the infighting of Van Halen, all the bad ideas for lead singers the fallout with Sammy Hagar all that drama that could have been taken into a supergroup somewhere mm-hmm. there was never an Eddie Van Halen supergroup at all you know what i mean where the, some of the members went off and and did their own thing and i i you know what i mean chris like the person that i think that has also revolutionized has been a revolutionary as far as the guitar goes is, um, Oh my God. Brain fart <laughs> is, uh, Rage Against the Machine.
0: Oh, uh, to, uh, Tom, Tom, Tom
1: Murillo. Tom oh Marillo, And just how, you know, it, it may be not as a crazy technical player as Eddie Van Halen, but the way he makes the guitar sound is nuts. Right. Mm-hmm. And here he is in Rage Against the Machine, which is already a pioneering, band that has songs that will never die that will just anytime there's a protest boom just put a rage on (laughs) wait like 2020 is rage's year but inside of that band we had some internal struggles and that band crumpled and what did what did tom marillo and the guys from audio slave do or the guys from rage they started audio slave with chris cornell yep and you you can't tell me that eddie van halen couldn't have done that just gone out and picked another singer and done his own thing i i where there's some great audio slaves from a great singer and great guitar. You know what I mean? In their own right. And I just, uh, there are giant chunks of time that Eddie Van Halen was not producing anything. Mm -hmm. And that kind of breaks my heart too. And here he is dead at 65 years old. (laughs) And you're like, we couldn't have, you know, even like him on stage by himself doing some Ingve Malstein kind of thing where he's just kind of wailing on the guitar and you're just, he's playing the cliffs of Dover going nuts. Like he wouldn't, you couldn't even go see him do that. You know what I mean? It's like a night with Eddie Van Halen where he's just wailing on the guitar, just doing like a, a session. There is nothing like that. It's not like, you know, Chris Cornell before he passed, like he had mad unplugged sessions, him doing nothing compares to you on acoustic guitar. And All this cool stuff. So we have like this book, this catalog of music where I don't know, Chris. Am I wrong on that one? Am I I going to yeah?
0: No, I mean and and the 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 problem with I always had with Van Halen was that it was so the infighting was so public. Like we we all knew, like, okay, we knew the issues with Roth, we knew the issues with Hagar, we knew the issues when Roth came back into the band and like and that like didn't even last like a week. And you know, I remember like I don't know if you remember, like the VMAs when they came out and were like, we're back. And then the, the moment they got backstage, they broke up again because like Eddie wanted to
1: punch right, Like a fist fight or something.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I think the problem that you have and with all these bands, and you know, Guns N' Roses is another example of it where,
1: yep, with the waste dynamic, of talent.
0: Waste, waste of talent,
1: talent right there. Yep.
0: The dynamic doesn't work between the lead, the front man, the you know, lead guitarist, the drummer. I mean, you have to be a cohesive unit. And the bands that we've seen that have made it seem to have either some sort of agreement with one another of how to deal with egos and things like that. I mean, how the Stones lasted this long that there, there's there needs to be a textbook on how the Stones oh, and yeah. Aerosmith lasted as long as they did,
1: because. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of the Stones, you know, something I didn't report on this this podcast, because it's hard for me to kind of verbalized music in a way that we talk about movies and stuff. It's not my kind of forte. But um Goathead Soup is an album by them. They just put out, Chris, you gotta check this out. They just put out a a deluxe edition on Spotify. And they got the full album which has Angie on it and a bunch of other songs. But at the end of the Deluxe edition is a full concert from nineteen seventy three, which is absolutely epic. And you need to check that out. It's so good. There you go. Yeah. So I think there was something there came out this year. Came out like a month ago. <laughs> there you new go.
0: album, <laughs> and I think the bands that we talk about that had all this potential and failed because they can't handle the egos within Another, another famous band I always like to bring up, not that I was a huge fan, but like Oasis. Everybody was saying like Oasis. Wait, was I
1: gonna was gonna just saying, I was just thinking that.
0: Yep. Like that that was going to be the band, but like you know Pearl Jam figured it out. I don't know how what whatever Pearl Jam has done. To make sure, a that they're still alive. Number one, if you think about their contemporaries, but b yeah. um, how they've, you know, still can get together and, and be you know make music. Um, there's there's something there, and it's such a shame because you're absolutely right, Van Halen. We should have. I looked at their this discography. It's like ten albums, and they're so spaced out from one another that it's like it's a joke, and it's like there's there's a good decade that we, we lost because of, you know, the infighting, the substance abuse, and then just not, not being being motivated to to go out and, and, and tour again and things like that. And it's just, it's sad, but the good news is, you know, music lasts forever. And so we can go back and we can watch these videos. We can listen to this music. Um, there, there has never been a band that sounds like Van Halen. There never will be a band that will ever sound like Van Halen again. Um, so that's my YouTube in this week as well dip into the wormhole that is Van Halen. You will not regret it. And Van Hagar. You know, a lot of people want to crap on Sammy Hagar. Some of that, some of their stuff with Sammy Hagar is just as good, if not better, uh, than when Roth was with the band as well. So there you go, my friend. Uh, what do you got for YouTubing this week? Excellent.
1: All right, for uh, my YouTubing this week, um, I might have mentioned it last week, but um, Chris, do you remember Club MTV? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, there's a new page called club MTV fan page. And this guy, until he gets shut down, is just releasing full episodes of club MTV with downtown Julie Brown. Uh, don't go check this out immediately. And, uh, you won't be disappointed. They got the music videos, the fashions. I love picking out like the worst outfit, the best outfit, best dancer, worst dancer. It's so much fun to watch. It's like watching old episodes of soul train. (gasps) So awesome. That's awesome. Uh, That's my number one. And then, um, my number two and i think i'll just end with this one is there's this guy named professor of rock chris have i mentioned this guy yet i don't think so i don't think so either so this guy professor of rock pretty newer channel but he is pumping out can't content like crazy i think he has a daily video every day and he is i mean we're the king of nerds like sitting mm-hmm. on this podcast but he is He is our king. (laughs) He is our liege. Like he is just amazing. So he has this channel and he goes through 80 songs and mostly 80 songs, but like a lot of chart topping songs, um, songs that should have been number one hits. So he'll go through um, um, Ann Wilson. um, He'll talk to Ann Wilson of heart. He actually has interviews on here. He talks to Howard Jones, '80s classic. Um, mm. uh, he has it; just goes through, and he he goes through so many deep cuts. He talks to members of the Cars. Uh, the Ann Wilson interview is great, and he talks. She talks about how the song "Alone," their '80s hit, mm. you know, "How Do I Get You Alone?" That song um, goes through how Hart had to go through kind of a makeover to get out of that hard rock 70s, even though their fans were like, we like the hard rock, you know, Barracuda heart, their albums weren't selling. And so mm-hmm. the eighties rolled around and they kind of had to slow down and do some ballads and stuff like that. And of course, and Wilson's heart uh, voice is out of control. Oh. It's, just, <laughs> it's yeah. just still, still out of control. She if you want to see something, go, go check out the stairway to heaven at the Kennedy center on YouTube. It's just oh. <laughs> it's, it's blow your head off. Um, so, so those are my two, those are my big two check out professor of rock and definitely check out club mtv's fan page so even though we uh we don't have new music really coming out we should have new music i don't understand um we don't have a lot of new music coming out but we can definitely revel in the past so you and me had shared youtube and uh we were kind of like brothers in youtube and arms right this
0: week, ben i got one more thing for you i I meant to mention this before rarely do i do this what do you got bonus bonus content (laughs) there we go I'm going to plug a book real quick. Uh, ben, you and I are fans of Colin Quinn. I mean, he's mm-hmm. ridiculous. He has a new book out. It's called Overstated A Coast to Coast Roast of the 50 States. It is literally him shitting on all 50 states, basically. Uh,
1: each state is a different. Give us the country. highlights on Connecticut. Come on. You know you went right to Connecticut. What? So I'm going to
0: give you Connecticut and Massachusetts real quick. All right. So this is oh, what he said. Great. Some of the things that he says about. Um, Connecticut, hold on. Connecticut is a cushion between Massachusetts and New York, a high-end cushion, but still a cushion. That's why they have no pro football, baseball, or basketball teams, because they agreed the lower half of the state would be for the Yankees, and the upper half would be for the Red Sox. That rivalry is so intense that they had to put a state in between the residents just to keep from starting a war. Uh, that's Connecticut. <laughs> uh, Massachusetts, here it is. Uh, Massachusetts um, used to be the pride. The used to be the pride of Massachusetts. Where all those uh, charming colonial era towns like Lexington and Concord and the House of Seven Gables. Now it's getting the finger on I90 by a fat landscaper in a scholar cap and a dropkick's Kicks Murphy hoodie. So <laughs> um, I can't recommend this book enough. I, I, oh, that's great. I didn't re- I, I did the um, the uh, Kindle version, but as i'm I'm sitting in a waiting room, a doctor's waiting room, laughing out loud as I'm scrolling through this thing. So, uh it's great. If you love Colin Quinn, if you love just like Irish humor, which we all do, uh it's it's fantastic. So yeah, get that book right now.
1: Excellent. I'm putting it on my wish list on Amazon for Christmas. Excellent. Right.
0: Good stuff, man. Anything else you want to plug this week before we sign off?
1: No, man. Hey, I just want people you know what, Chris? I don't know if you've noticed, but just people are starting to like our Facebook page here and yeah. there, which I I think you know, and they're not—they're not my friends. I don't think they're your friends. They're just kind of mm-hmm. random people. So we're just kind of—we're just kind of building—building some—some—some some momentum. It's so rubber, we're going to keep rubber. trying to do this podcast as much as yeah, <laughs> as much as possible, um, and try to burn through content. So if you guys ever have any suggestions, just hit us on the messenger, and we'll Please. respond.
0: Absolutely, good stuff, man. All right, well, we will see you right next. Can we talk right here next week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment? But you can see all these podcasts on uh, Onstage Blog. Uh, just go to Onstage Blog and look up Desperately Seeking Entertainment, and all sixty some odd episodes uh, are on there. I can't believe we've done this many <laughs> episodes. Remember when we used to do like two Holy of these snip. and quit and be like, "Fuck it, we're done." Uh, but now
1: we're <laughs> over a year. Holy shit! Well, you know what? Hey, listen, twenty 2020- twenty. If we can get through 2020. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can you imagine the attitude like once once covid kind of calms down and we start getting all these movies again, you and I are going to have to do this every day because we're going to have to try to keep oh. up with all the content. It's going to be crazy.
1: But G- Can um, you imagine? Can you imagine the IMDb of Nick Cage after 2020? <laughs> <laughs> How many dinosaurs has he bought this year? I mean, he's just, just straight yeah,
0: up. He's- you know he's uh he's he's playing it cool right now. I love it. So, um, <laughs> all right, folks, we'll see you next week right here on Desperately Seeking Entertainment.